welcome to Maiden Speech. My name is Monica Ferguson, portrait photographer and self-love advocate from New Zealand. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to uplift and empower you. Thanks for hanging out. Now let's get into it. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Martine Carroll here with Monica Ferguson in the hot seat and her own podcast Maiden Speech. So welcome to everyone that's listening and welcome to you, Monica. Oh, thanks. Thanks. This seat is hot. <laughs> it is hot. Now, I just want to fill everyone in. I, I messaged Monica last week because I've really been getting into all the podcasts and getting so much value. And, and I know I thought to myself, you know, you're getting some amazing guests on and everybody's got so much value to add, but nobody's really getting to hear from Monica. So today we're going to get to hear from Monica herself so that she can add some value around maybe life and business and anything that comes up. So it's going to be nervous. It's racing. <laughs> And I didn't give any thought to this in the shower at all. I hope you're not too disappointed because I know that's where you do all your thinking. Might be thinking, yes, always in the shower. <laughs> I know, I got a little bit jealous. I thought it was just me, but then I heard you say it to Zareen and I thought, oh. <laughs> it's okay. Sharing, sharing is caring. <laughs> so, Monica, as I was preparing to have this chat with you, I... As I mentioned to you earlier, I started re-listening to some of the podcasts. And for anyone who has not listened to these podcasts, you absolutely must go do it because there are some powerhouse women in there talking about some really deep stuff that affects our society. And I want to hear, like, the one thing that really stood out for me, and I think it was in Zareen's um, one about talking about uh, emotional resilience, and she spoke about this connection that we have with people when we're talking mm -hmm. and, and when we're doing it online or text or whatever that we don't get to see and look at the person. And this made me really think about what you do in your line with photography, that you must see this negative body language talk. So tell me what, that, what that's like for you when you see it. Mm, good question. Oh, what's it like? So I guess one of the things for me is that I've always had the ability to feel things off people. So I actually get a sense of where that person's at before, because typically I would meet someone before a shoot or at least have a call or something. So you kind of gauge where they're at. And the biggest thing is that I really don't give people a chance to get into that funk. Because the moment they walk in the door, it's like, here's a coffee, here's some music, like have a seat. And we're really goofy and we make a lot of jokes and stuff. So it's really about disarming people before they can get into that and because the amazing like makeup artists and, and people that I work with are big on compliments so they gush and they you know fluff people's hair and they admire their clothes and stuff and it's just this big love sesh right from the start and so typically but this is all part of the experience which makes what I do a lot easier because by the time people get to me they already feel like a million bucks so it's like that hard work is kind of done and there's already that trust that's started to develop so yeah the, the the biggest thing is just not even allowing any of that negative stuff to exist right from the start really and I think so much of that is just by the environment you create and by making people feel safe but also that people mirror you 
So if you're like high on life and bouncing around like Tigger, they'll mirror their back. So a lot of it is the preparation I do on myself as well. Like I like to meditate before I shoot. I like to get hyped up on happy music on the way in so that I'm in such a good state and like clear headed and I'm not bringing in any of my drama or anything like that into a session. Yeah. That's what makes you so different, Monica, because you know, how, how many times do you, can you just rock into a studio or ring a photographer up and just book a date and then you just rock on in? Well, I don't know. I haven't tried, actually. <laughs> well, I'm speaking from personal experience, but I've had a photo shoot with you, and it's, it's amazing. I've, I'm thinking of changing my career to New Zealand's top model, but anyway, that's another, that's another story. Yeah, so, so have you always been this amazing with, with working on yourself and preparing yourself? What, what's led you on this journey of personal development? Oh man, she's hitting me with the big questions. So absolutely not, no. I think uh, a lot of my desire for personal development has come from feeling the exact opposite and feeling like as low, like after my brother died and my parents moved to the other side of the world and all that fun stuff. I went through a real victim period for years of just self-sabotage, alcohol, bad relationships, depression, anxiety, like mental breakdowns. It was, you know, suicidal stuff. It was terrible. It was so terrible. And I actually got handed a book by a friend one day called The Secret, which is all about the law of attraction. And basically it tells you that, hey, you actually have a choice over what you think and what you say and what you do. And it was like literally the first time I'd ever heard that before. I would have been like 19 or 20. And I had this crazy situation so where I like saw it in effect for the first time and I started to realize, oh my gosh, I can actually choose stuff. Like I'm not a victim to my circumstances. And I had a friend at the time who lived in Wellington and she had this really funky flat and all the light bulbs in the house were colored, like blue and red. And I remember walking into the lounge, yeah, and I was like, wow. I was like, imagine having a house that had red light bulbs in it. Like, that's cool. At the time, I'd just come back from the States I was staying with an ex-boyfriend and his family, fun times, because I had nowhere else to go. And I was desperately, like I just finished this book, I was desperately looking for somewhere. I was like, right, I have a job, I have this much money, I need somewhere to live. And it was like this stormy night, and I was looking at this property, and I walked in, he turned the lights on, the red light bulbs. And I was like, yep! And I lived there for over a year after that. And I was like, wow, like what are the chances of that? And it was like... I just started paying attention then to things and it wasn't always like manifesting a house, but sometimes it was just manifesting happiness, you know, or like the perfect song on the radio at the perfect time or just getting into a new state. And I think it was the first time that I kind of started to take ownership of my own thoughts really and my decision to feel a certain way. Whereas up until then I was kind of, I was very angry at the world and I blamed everyone else for everything. Um, and that's where it started really. And from there, I worked in mental health for about five years. And I always thought that's how I would save the world would be, you know, through that sort of work. I, I have half a psychology degree. I did some counseling papers, you know, life coaching, anger management, all that kind of stuff. Like it always fascinated me, the way we think and the way we behave and, and people always fascinated me. And then I, by accident, discovered photography. Um, and it was when, it was actually for two of my clients, when I worked in mental health, who both at the same time, like within a period of days, started asking me to go on photo shoots with them. 
And it turned mm. out, yeah, I never considered photography. Never. I, I'm terrible at art. I am a singer, but that was like as far as it goes creatively, like cannot cook, no interest in any of that sort of thing. Not a domestic goddess. And it actually turned out in my office behind, I don't even know how I never realized this, but there was actually a photography school right behind my building that I never knew about. And so these clients started taking me on photo shoots and I was <laughs> up this lookout one day and it was this beautiful sunny day. My client says to me, hey, do you want to have a play with my camera? So I picked it up and I took a shot and I was like, whoa. And it was this weird like, light bulb moment where it was like, it felt like this thing was an extension of me and like, how have I gone this long without it? And it literally did. It just turned my, turned, like opened my eyes straight away. And all of a sudden from there, I was like, oh, there's a puddle. Let's take a photo of the reflection and quick the sun setting, pull over on the side <laughs> of the road, causing all sorts of traffic accidents and whatever. But, you know, it was like it just turned something on in my head. And at the time, I was actually really burnt out in mental health and I was applying for all these jobs. And I got like 70 rejections. Like I couldn't even get an interview. And I was getting so discouraged because I was like, I'm not an idiot. Like surely, you know, I was like, and I knew that if I could get in front of people, I would have a shot, but I just, I was not getting it. And so I got to the point where I was like, okay, this door is not opening. And like, I'm kicking it in and it will not open. It's like, maybe this is not my door, right? And so I just stopped and I was like, right, I'm just going to focus on being grateful for what I actually have. And at that point, yeah, I had a job, I had money, I got to work by the beach every day. Things could have been worse. I let it go for a while and this gut feeling started building up in me, which was like, Monica, you need to quit your job and go and study photography. And I was like, huh, interesting. And at that point I'd met the head of the school who was trying to recruit me and I kind of shut down because I was like, oh save your sales pitch for someone else, you know? And it was just this gut thing that just kept on building up and building up. And eventually I was like, okay. So I went and I enrolled and everyone supported me, every single person, except for the community psychiatrist who did not want me to leave. And I was like, oh, that's actually quite nice. But then I signed up for the, for the class. The next day I got offered a job. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, huh. Well, this is meant to be, obviously. And then, yes, yeah, so I went to school and man, it was so hard, so hard. So I've never been more stressed in my entire life. I'm not even exaggerating. I broke out in all sorts of autoimmune diseases. Like it was not good. However, I learned a lot very quickly, but I found it really hard. The, the biggest thing was like starting again at something and being terrible at it. I actually really struggled at that point I was awesome at my job like I knew everything I I had the answer to every question I knew I just could do it with my eyes closed kind of thing so I had started school and I had my camera for two days and I didn't know how to turn it on or anything and you just get thrown in the deep end and it's all of a sudden you've got to stand up and present your work which is terrible to everyone and it is it was like boot camp but through that through that process and doing this big assignment in particular I started to learn that you can actually make people feel things through photographs. And I had this massive abstract paper, because I always used to do that with music. You know, that was my thing. Like, if I was sad, I'd write tragic songs that no one would ever hear it, you know? <laughs> Just get it out that way. But with photographs, so I did this big, it was like a 20-week assignment, and I chose to do it on my brother and my experience of grief and that sort of thing. And like, what would it look like? Because, you know, I'd use words, but I was like, visually, what would it look like? So I went through this massive process 
of healing and it was amazing and I got to go back and find his girlfriend even though they were nine but he had two girlfriends actually and I got to find her and photograph her and I've been photographing her ever since she's become like my muse she's like my little sister now but it was just this massive healing thing and for example you know when after someone dies and everyone sends you flowers and your whole house is filled with flowers and then the funeral's over and everyone goes back to their lives and you're just left like with all these dead flowers in your house and with no idea of who you are anymore or what to do or like how do you exist, you know? And I just remembered that feeling so well. Um, And I also remembered it because all the cards that everyone sent to us, it was all to my parents. No one acknowledged me ever. And I remember being 18. I was 18. Yeah. And I was so hurt by that. I just always remembered that. Like, how dare you just dismiss my pain, you know, as if it's not equal to someone else's. So I, I took all these photographs of dead flowers, like in a stream, you know, and like stuff like that. And I had to, to put it all together, made a big slideshow, had to present it to the school, which is a sickening thought when you've been a photographer for 10 minutes. Um, I had to present <laughs> it to like the degree students. And it was so amazing because when the lights came back on, everyone was crying, which was shocking because no one knew what it was about. And it was abstract. So it's like, but that was the first time I made that connection that you could actually make people feel things, that what I see and what I feel translates. And so because I'd always been obsessed with people, I was like, well, what if I could apply that into photographs of you so that I could look at you and see you as you actually are and in ways that you can't see yourself and then capture it and show it back to you. And that's where that started from. And it's been an absolute obsession ever since. And so I think as far as the personal development stuff goes, that was such a long answer to one question. <laughs> but, but don't you think it ties in? Because at the end of the day, what you've learned is it's kind of like your personal development has come through your, your picture work or through your art. Yeah. And yeah, so that's been just a vehicle for you. But it's also spread out because I've been in several photo shoots with you now. And you said before, like from personal experience, it's like you're transported, not just transformed, but transported. So for that time in that shoot, there is nobody else in the world. It's just, you know, you, me, the makeup artist or the head person. That That's it. You know what I mean? And it's like so amazing. And what you're allowed to do in the space of that, I don't know if this is making sense to anybody, but in that space of, of, the, of the project or the photo shoot or whatever, uh, it's a little bit like role playing or like acting and, and like you are actually in the scene yeah. in a different yeah it's it's pretty amazing that's yeah why articulating that I don't know if I'm that's, and that's how I feel too because I go into a photo show honestly it's like my little camera is like a transporting device and I pick it up and I go somewhere else and then I come back at the end of the show and I'm like oh was that good for you like <laughs> Um, because honestly it's like it really is it's like a trigger where it just turns something on my brain it's like I'm able to I'm I I just connect so much with the person that I'm photographing and when you think about it like how often do you stare into someone's eyes for two hours like you can't help it you cannot help and you've spent all this time getting to know them and getting to understand them and figuring out how you want to present them you know and how you want to capture them and it's like you just it's very intimate 
and I I just get lost and you yeah it's a it's so hard to describe but it's the same for every single person and it's like you just become yeah you become so connected that you kind of know what that person needs because everyone's different you know so like for example with you I have I would have to really turn it on and be like incredibly cheeky whereas other people would like yeah but other people would not respond well to that so it's kind of um yeah but I think like with the, the personal development stuff what I realized quickly about working with people is that there's so much more like in order to be photographed there's so much that needs to be confronted within someone like for them to trust me to pick up a camera and see them and capture them they have to like themselves there is this process of going through your own self-worth journey and and all of that and all the all the insecurities come up and I think that's where the personal development stuff really started to interest me in terms of doing things like this podcast and like coaching and stuff like that because yes there are photographs but actually the work is building people up that's the most important work yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and I remember what is it two years ago when you and I so if you haven't listened to Monica's for the listeners if you haven't listened to Monica's podcast with Stuart Walter you have to go back but I was at the first event when Monica went to that and in fact mm-hmm. in fact we wouldn't be have been at that event if either of us had not just mentioned it to her because we weren't going to go were we no we weren't <laughs> and we went to the first part and we weren't going to stay for the second part no and what I watched you go through that day was nothing short of a miracle. And it was one of the hardest things to me that, that it looked like that you had to do mm-hmm. was this one thing to break that wood because it wasn't about breaking the wood. It was about letting go of whatever that limitation was. And that was the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed because I didn't get to witness my own. But do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it was so amazing. And what I've seen you and how I've seen you grow from that, you, had, you didn't just do that and then stop, you have continued on. And what I want to talk to you about now, because of this amazing talent that you've got to see more in people than what they see in themselves, and then you bring that out in those photographs. So now you're, you're bringing that into helping other women realize their potential. And I want to talk a little bit about your accidental, is it accidental or the universe bringing you into um, people with their personal branding, Monica? And this is, this is something that I was asked to bring up by Bridget, actually. Personal branding? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, coaching. <laughs> you're coaching. Yeah. So now, yeah, because now you're helping people to help themselves, which yeah. I think is amazing. Because how many people would work in mental health? You think that would be what it is about, but really you're just ticking boxes in the system, right? Yeah, I hate to say it, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. And look, it's there for a reason, and to anybody that's listening to this that works in mental health, by no means am I putting it down, but there's just so much, there's, there's, what I love is people like you who come out and the, you learn from personal experience, you use your craft to bring that out, and now you're actually like got some people that you're making a difference to. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. Actually, one thing I want to say on that is one of my best friends, when I quit my mental health job to become a photographer, he said to me, how will you go not helping people anymore? (laughs) 
And I was like, you realize I've helped more people as a photographer than I ever did in, in mental health in five years, actually. But I also feel like I always quote Steve Jobs around this. You know how he talked about, you can't connect the dots looking forward. And I love that because when I decided to go and study photography, I was 25 and I was like, I either have to do it now or I'm going to stay in mental health forever. Cause I felt like I was old. Right. And I was like, this is my shot for a career. Like I better get my act together kind of thing. And so I was like, well, if I start now, I've got enough time that I can still create like an amazing life for myself. But the thing, yeah, with coaching, and that totally was quote unquote accidental. Like all of this has been though. I never would have believed that any of this would have been my life ever. Honestly, you told me I was a photo- I'd be a photographer seven years ago. I would have been like, <laughs> I don't even know how to use a camera. Yeah. But I think, that's the thing because as I, you know, as you start out, when I first started photography, I took on everything and cause you know, I had a massive student loan and I didn't know what I preferred at that point. So I kind of said yes to everything. And then as time went on, I realized that my real purpose was to work with women because of the impact that I could create by showing people themselves in an undeniable way. That's the thing. When it's on the back of the camera, it's not edited. Here it is in your face, this is how amazing you are. And because you're capturing so much more than, you're not, like it's not physical. There's nothing to do with the external. It's all about seeing inside someone and drawing that out and then capturing that back. And that's one of my favorite things is when people say it really feels like me. I'm like, yes, it's my favorite thing to hear. Cause that's it, it means like I nailed it. Like I captured the actual essence as opposed to making them look pretty. You know, there's so much more power in that. But as far as the coaching goes, that's where that came from, where I realized it was my coach actually who said to me, you realize you're a coach, right? And I was like, no, I'm not. And she goes, yeah, you are. She's like, imagine this. Can you imagine doing what you do now, but without a camera? And I said, actually I can. And I realized that like as time went on, when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, actually all the work is done before I even pick up the camera. Because it's about making people believe that they're worthy, that they're good enough as they are. And so photographs are awesome because I can show it. But I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if I could actually build that up in an even deeper way so that people could go away and like have their own backs kind of thing? Like have that level of belief that was so deep that... um, that not only did they feel awesome about themselves, but that they actually would go away and have a massive impact on other people. And that's where the coaching started. And I love it. It's so good. It feels really natural. Like it, it just crosses over. And I think because I have this ability, which I never realized I had, but to see who people really are, it's like, I just find it really easy to look at someone and kind of figure out, what they like where their potential is or you know and because like if you listen to people that's the thing it's like you listen to people and they tell you everything that you need to know actually you can hear it you can hear where their fear is you can hear where their excitement is where their passion is and then you just help them like move through these things and then they start to believe in themselves and so much of the work that I do is around that it starts with self-love self-worth when was the last time you actually meditated or exercised or had a decent night's sleep, or drank some water, and they're basic things, but it's like giving people permission to really love themselves. Oh, that's so true, and because all those little things that are so simple, and I see it in my line of work as well, the things that are the most important to nourish our, 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 our bodies and our minds are the very things that women in particular push to one side 
Yeah. Why? Because of work, because of a partner, because of a child, whatever. And it's like, it's brilliant that, yeah, I'm just so excited for you because, and anyone that gets an opportunity to work with you is uh, just going to be blown away by the, their life transformation. And that was one of the things that, that I wanted to talk about too, like with, with your coaching. I know that you're just really getting started out really, but have you found, this is one, one of the things that I got from one of your podcasts actually, from Libby, and also we were talking about it at um, the Power Hour last week too, that when everyone was talking about being the best at everything, we're all trying to be the best at everything, and I just suddenly had this epiphany, and it was before I'd listened to Libby's podcast, and I just went, oh my gosh, who wants to be the best at everything? That makes me feel so tired. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So have you come across this with your coaching? No, actually. Wow. I find, no, I find that the people that I worked with have been pretty clear on what it is that they want to do. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, that, that would be something I'd really recommend that if somebody is tr struggling, like maybe they're in business, because we know, and there's one thing I admire about you, because you said it before when you first started doing photography, you just did everything because you didn't really know yeah. what it was. Yeah. But what I loved about you after you did the work with Stuart, and then you just went, boom, I am not about that. I am not about that. I am about this. And you said you, you're about showing people who they truly are taking those blinkers off and those blinders and exposing it in all its raw beauty. Yeah. And that's what I love about you. And you're now bringing that to coaching. And I love what you said before, like your coach said to you, oh, well, could you do what you do without a camera? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an incredible thing to say. Who thinks of stuff like that? I don't know. <laughs> Well, what would you say to somebody that came to you and really wants to, it might be a budding photographer who's trying to do everything. What would you say to that photographer? My first thing is go within because we're not meant to do everything, actually. I think if people are trying to take on everything, I'm guessing that it's, it's ego-based. It's about wanting to look good. But actually, everyone has a, I believe that everyone has a purpose deep down. And until you really connect with that, like that's where your power is once you find that thing. So the thing is in the beginning and saying that it's useful to find what you don't like, you know, it's useful to try things on and see if it fits kind of thing. But I would say you take things on, but with the intention that you're going to find your particular niche and what you're really good at, as opposed to just being a youth person that will say yes to everything. Cause I think also often that comes from the energy of fear and, you know, if people want everything, it's because they're like, oh, well, I'll just take whatever I can get, which, you know, it's, it's desperation. And yeah, we've all been there. But in terms of connecting into your particular purpose and your power, that's not where the power is. That's not where the impact is. That's not where the abundance is even until you really find like your particular thing that keeps you awake at night, makes you start podcasts about it. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like you're never going to be fully fired up and fully excited. So I think, yeah, try things on, but ultimately keep coming back to what, what is that thing? Like pay attention, you know, and I, for me, I found yeah, mindfulness and meditation and stuff so useful and journaling at processing stuff. And there's something about getting it down on paper and getting it out of you and just being still so you can actually feel things as opposed to being busy all the time. 
Which oh, I know. I, I listened to that podcast with Libby, and she she really went into that, and um, and so did you. And, and yeah, I just wanted to touch on that mindfulness thing because maybe some people who are listening to this podcast or your your other podcasts think, what is this mindfulness thing? And I was thinking about that myself. It's like they might think it's a, and you and I often say this, it's a little bit woo-woo. <laughs> but I'll ask your thoughts on it, but first I'll just give my thoughts on mindfulness is really being present yeah. in who you are at yeah. the time. So it doesn't have to be anything special. But what's mindfulness to you? I was thinking it's being present. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> high five, virtual high five. And I think it's different for everyone. And that's the thing, like, people have asked me, well, how do I do it? And it's like, don't ask me. Like, figure out what makes you feel at peace, I think. That's the thing. So, you know, for a lot of people, it's nature. But it's, I feel like it's just creating stillness and peace where there's not a lot of thoughts and a lot of things to do and a lot of noise around you. It's where you can just be. And, like, that's why the shower's really good, you know? <laughs> and I actually... nature. Water. Yeah. But I actually heard this thing the other day about how people do their best thinking in the car or in the shower. And I was like, yes, that's me. And it's because your brain goes into a different state because it's like autopilot mode. That's why. It's like, that's because your brain is desperately trying to bring you all these good ideas, but you're never quiet enough until you get into the shower. And then it's just like, and you get this dump of ideas. And that's why I literally run through my house dripping wet with a towel and looking for bits of paper because I'm like oh you know <laughs> or in the car sometimes all these ideas will come and I'll get home and I don't even remember driving home but I've got like three ideas for chapters in my book or whatever it may be <laughs> yeah I know and you know I listened to it to a, another podcast a few weeks ago actually funnily you should say that that you know people like the the, the biggest things that were invented like space travel or the light bulb or whatever those things that those things aren't invented or the ideas don't come while you're sitting there thinking about it. it's exactly what you said it's a walk in nature it's a it's a shower it's it's whatever it's the thought and that's where it goes back to this law of attraction isn't it you're yeah. putting out there you know what it is that you want your brain is searching for the answers and in the stillness the answers come yeah Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who is struggling with life and maybe feeling sad, mm -hmm. just be still and the answers will come. Yeah. What would you say to a person who's struggling right now? I would say that, yes. And I also would say connect in community, find people, talk to people. I think connection is the biggest issue that we have at the moment in terms of yeah we've all got a million Facebook friends there's this Emily Sandy song I was listening to the other day and it was talking about how I've got a, like a thousand Facebook friends but no one ever calls and I was like that is so true that we all have the perception but actually you need someone that's going to come sit in their fat pants with you at home and not even talk to you if that's what you need so that's why you know like going into the self-worth tribe which we created for that exact purpose that we want like people to have a space to actually connect we wanted community real community where you actually sit and drink coffee and look at each other and talk about things that are real you know and without the mask of needing to appear perfect and polished all the time yeah it's, it's, it's about it's about that connection but being solution oriented as well if you want to make those changes yeah. then you know the right group will come so yeah this self-worth tribe so if somebody wanted to reach out and find out more about that 
where, where could they find some information? Facebook or Instagram, the Self Worth Tribe. Super simple. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to we're going to the um, social media avenues to get the connection. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know. But then we have yeah. actual events. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool though because I mean that's that's a lot of people can will will think that oh social media this and social media that. But really, at the end of the day, it's a tool and it's how you use it. It's like everything. But I agree with what you say about the connection because back in the day, 19 years ago, when I was a girl, um, you used to be able to knock on somebody's door to ask if your friend could play or if somebody had time for a cup of tea or coffee. And if they didn't have time, they would just say, I'm sorry, I can't do it right now. And you would not die or anything. But now (laughs) you have to text before you even call are you free for a call yeah or like your it takes you six weeks to get your friend and your like your calendars to sync that you're both free at the same time for dinner everyone's just so busy all the time yeah i'm I'm really not that busy (laughs) that's good i'm just not i'm just not that busy (laughs) but anyway okay so yes now monica ferguson (laughs) <laughs> what do you believe your superpower is? Oh, my superpower is I have the ability to see through people and see deep down who they truly are. And then I have the ability to reflect it back to them. Yes, you do. Yep. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And what is your view? Because we live in a world of political correctness and <laughs> I kind of wanted to get your views on this. Mm-hmm. So we walk around now on eggshells in our society. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what are your views on being honest with people when they have maybe crossed your boundaries, you've set your boundaries? Mm-hmm. What are your views on that? Okay. So I don't know if you know much about astrology, but I'm a cancer, which means <laughs> I have a hard shell and pinches, right? So boundaries are absolutely imperative because my number one thing is growth, but that's also goes hand in hand with self-love. And actually, and this is where it's interesting because years of working in mental health has had trained me at being very good at setting boundaries and like this is how much like this is your stuff this is my stuff this is like I'll walk alongside you to this degree so I think I've actually been pretty good at that boundaries are very important and I will always articulate I will always tell people with love but I also feel like I always want to do everything from a loving place and actually enabling bad behavior is not loving so and again, when you can see someone's, like when you see, for example, a friend, a very good friend of mine, for years and years making extremely bad, in my opinion, relationship choices. Now, they were also bad in his eyes as well. So when I'm getting him turning up to my house at seven o'clock at night in tears over and over again, I'm getting these panicked phone calls over and over again. He's saying to me, I know I need to leave, but not leaving for years and years and years, right? At that point, Mm, to me, it's not loving for me to say, oh, that's all right. It's not all right. You know, it's not all right, actually. So it's more about setting my boundary and being like, you know what? I love you so much, but this is your choice. And I can't, 
sit back and watch you hurt yourself like this because it's actually really hurting me. And I actually had this massive conversation. I said, you know, when I see you like this, I go home and I worry about you and I take it home and I cry about it and it ruins my night at home. You know, it's like it's it's got much more impact. And then, yeah, and I had to walk away from that for a while, a year, in fact. And then he came back to me, like, later on. So it's like... Yeah so hard it is so so hard but what's the alternative you know at the end of the day like that's all we have like (laughs) we have to protect ourselves and our energy and our time because especially if we're connected into a bigger purpose and we realize that our lives are not about us actually me being drained and depleted and feeling sad about someone else's stuff is not useful for me or for anyone else who I'm going to come across you know Totally, totally. I love that. It's <laughs> a perfect answer. Um, yeah, it, and it's just because because of our all political correctness, and, and, and I'm not saying that we should go around being rude to each other, but now we've become um, a society where, and I think this is where this lack of connection and depression and all the other mental health issues go because we're all too scared to actually be lovingly honest with people and just tell them to pull their heads in when they do you know what I mean and and it's like yeah and yeah it's just it's just nice I think it's giving a gift to the other person to allow them the space to grow there's been many a time where people have called me up on stuff in the past before PC came into fashion. And I'm actually truly grateful. Wasn't at the time, but, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's done with love and that that person is clear that you love them and you have their back, but this is how I feel. Well, then they can choose to react however they want to that. But as long as I always feel like I've conducted myself with integrity then I'm fine. If I was to rage out and yell at someone, that would not be okay with me because I never want to behave like that, no matter what the other person has done or whatever I perceive that they have done. But it's like, if I can sit back at the end of the day and know, you know what, I was congruent with my beliefs, I was honest, I'm proud of how I acted. If that person leaves my life and never comes back, then I don't think they're meant to be because not everyone is meant to be there forever. Yeah. Reasons and seasons, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love what you say too, because you're very strong. You've set your values. You know what your, where your integral points are. And you do. You live by them. There's, there's just there's no crossing over of the lines, no blurring of the lines, if you like. So do you think that maybe that's something that's lacking in our young people today, why we have such high cases of mental health and suicide? Absolutely. And I think one of the big things too is that the adults aren't modeling it for them. So they don't actually know what it looks like to love yourself, to look after yourself, to believe in yourself. What they see are their parents constantly on diets, thinking they're not good enough, criticizing themselves for being too old or whatever. And then they've got society, they've got social media, there's no escape for them and there are no positive role models. But I also think that self-love is the most important thing. And In order to love yourself, you need to know yourself, which means this inner self is so important. And again, like like we say, it's woo-woo. Yeah, it is. It's still a bit unconventional, you know? But it should be the number one thing that we're taught to do is to know ourselves because it's only when we recognize our own value and our own worth that we can have boundaries. Because how can you set a clear boundary if you don't think you deserve better? If you think that, 
you're not worth anything. How do you then say, this is my line, you know, and this is what I deserve and this yeah. is what I require. This is my expectation. You can't do that if you think you're nothing, you know? So it's, there's just so much inner, inner work that needs to happen and it needs to become a lot more, yeah, a lot more conventional. <laughs> yes, woo is going to be the new normal. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you know what? I don't think it's even a new normal. I think back in the day before before um, technology, and I, I think that people were um, guided by their gut or their intuition or their beliefs and in in a higher power. And I think that that's probably the modern the modern disconnect is not having something that tangible that you can actually believe in some faith in whatever it is whether it be god buddha the universe whatever yeah so monica if it was if you had a magic wand and you had three wishes because i'm aware of the time and we could talk all day and <laughs> i do have a million more questions but <laughs> so if i if you had a magic wand and you could make three huge you had three wishes and that could change whatever, what would those three things be in the world? Holy smokes, lady. I've had no time to think of this. <laughs> That's why I'm asking them. <laughs> you do this to other people, so. <laughs> one thing, maybe. Okay, we can, we, can go, we can go one. Three's a bit mean. We, do, we are wrapping up after I will rise all. to the challenge. I will rise to the challenge. Okay, number one, number one would be, that everyone would understand how powerful they are. That would be my first one. The second one would be to remove fear from the world. Because if we're not living in fear, we're living in love. So fear straight away would remove war, all of this sort of stuff. And then the third one would be for everyone to know that they are more loved than they could ever imagine. Oh yeah, that was really tough for you, wasn't it? She <laughs> <laughs> just went, what, free? And then went boom. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Monica, you are amazing. I just personally want to thank you for the forum that you've created because I've got so much from your podcast. Listening to and re-listening to them again over the last couple of days has just opened up um, a few different avenues for me in, in the way that I work and the way that I live, just being reminded of questions uh, to ask yourself and to be present in your life. So, you know, there's a lot of people that haven't been exposed to these podcasts yet, and I think it, it's a shame. But I'm going to personally get the word out there by sharing your podcast, and I just want to thank you, Ben. You're just amazing. I love you. Oh, I love you too. And thank you so much for coming up with this idea and forcing me to be interviewed. Actually, do you know what? You didn't even sweat, not a bit. You just went boom. In fact, <laughs> In fact, I'm trying to read my questions and you're talking away and then I'm starting to get all tongue-tied because I'm going, oh, my, what do I ask her next? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was really cool. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> Boom. All right. Awesome. So, Thank you so much. You're welcome. You rock. <laughs>